You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go to some bad place where everybody was mean to each other. And slapped each other with fishes. <laughs> Jonah wanted to run away. He went the opposite direction. He disobeyed God, so when he ran onto the ship, then God sent a storm. <laughs> the boat and into the water. The people throwed him overboard. They didn't want the storm to hurt them because they didn't do anything wrong. He jumped off the plank and a whale uh, swallowed him. He had to stay in the well for three days because he disobeyed God. <laughs> I don't know. Bright yellow. Is probably saying they're thinking, Oh, please get me out of this well, Lord, please. He prayed so he could get out of the way. Jesus told the whale to spit Jonah out. <laughs> I love the way children make things come alive. And as I'm preaching today on maturing into a childlike faith, um, that part of what I wanted to talk about is a childlike faith that sounds like an oxymoron, but it is not. And it's not a childish faith. It's not a, 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 a immature faith. It's not an uninformed faith. But it's a faith that's constantly maturing, marked by humility and candidness that we find in children. And I did learn something new. I did not realize that the great fish was bright yellow. So I'm, I'm happy to learn that today. Um, it, it's about our relationship with God in humility, uh, but yet an awe of who He is and what He's doing in our life that sometimes we seem to lose as we get older. So we seem to be... Uh, because of our experiences in life, how we've been hurt and the, the, the things that we've been let down, we begin to face the world with a cynicism and a skepticism and we let unbelief creep into our lives and we need to have that strong, seeking, trusting, candid faith of children if we're going to experience all that God wants us to have. Now Mark, one of Jesus' disciples, recorded an event where Jesus specifically mentioned the need for us to become like children if we want to enter into the kingdom of God. And that brings me to my bumper sticker for today. And, and I'm talking about humility. So humility, the kingdom's key. Humility, the kingdom's key. Now when I talk about humility, I want you to understand this isn't debasing ourselves. It's understanding who we are in Christ and understanding who God is. It's knowing who we are and who God is. It's not debasing ourselves and saying, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, I'm so little. 
it, it's knowing who we are in Christ. Because maturing in a childlike faith is growing in humility in our relationship with God. That's growing in our understanding of who we are, who Jesus is, in, in, and in our awe and love for him. So let's look what, he, what Mark wrote. He wrote this in, the, in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he blessed and took the children into his arms and placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. So in this passage, Jesus twice uses the word like. Um, and for those of you who are old enough to be uh, remember Valley Girls and stuff, he's not using it as a, as a verbal filler. He's using it as a grammatical term we call a simile. He's saying similar to. So it's not like, um, well, like my, my husband, all he ever does is he orders, he likes the same thing every week when we go to the restaurant. It's like, does he only have one like taste bud? That's not what Jesus is doing, okay? And if you do that to me, I'm going to roll my eyes because I, I can't stand the verbal fillers like that. That drives, that's one of my pet peeves, drives me nuts. So, but he's using it as sim, simile. And so he's saying that for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children, who are similar in attributes to these children. I tell you the truth, and anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So if we don't receive the kingdom of God, in a similar manner, attitude that the children do, we won't enter the kingdom of God. But what I want you to do first is I want to look at the, what's happening in this passage. So what's happening? Parents are bringing their children to Jesus because they want their children to be in the presence of Jesus, to be blessed, to be touched by him. And his disciples are stopping them. Well, why are the disciples stopping? Because they don't want the children to bother Jesus. What they're doing is they're making a choice. They're saying, these people are not important enough. They're not as important as me to be in the presence of Jesus today. And that's when Jesus makes these statements. It's also why we should be bringing people to Adventure Club. That's why we should be inviting people to church. It shouldn't matter who they are. We want to invite them because there's nobody who's so unimportant that they can't come into the presence of Jesus. We want our kids to be involved in quizzing because every time they're in quizzing, they're going to hear God's word. They're going to be in the presence of Jesus. His word and his Holy Spirit can speak to them, can touch them. He can bless them so that they will come to know Jesus and spend eternity with him in the kingdom of God. Jesus scolds them. And as Jesus is scolding them, he brings the children. He says, bring them to me. And then he makes his first statement. He says, let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. We must become like children to become kingdom owners. So we must become like children if we're going to become uh, kingdom owners. Let's go to another passage where Jesus talks about this, where we hear something very similar. I want you to go to the Beatitudes. It's in Matthew chapter 5. It's right at the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and he says these things. And it's a list of attributes that should be built into our Christian walk. And it begins like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, 
for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Begins, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who recognize their need for Jesus are blessed, and the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He says that is their kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. Children know they need adults to get through life. They need them to teach them. They need them to feed them. They need them to love them. Guess what? To become like children, we need to recognize our need for Jesus to help us get through this life. We need Him to teach us. We need Him to feed us through His Word. We need His Holy Spirit, and we need Him to love us. goes on, Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. When Matthew writes a similar passage where the disciples are trying to argue who's the greatest in chapter 18 about Jesus' disciples were asking who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and, and Jesus stops him and he grabs a child to illustrate what's happening. And it's about becoming like children, modeling humility that serves others. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We cannot even enter the kingdom of heaven unless we become children, like children, humble, recognizing that only through Jesus and not by your own efforts are we able to gain eternal life in heaven. Somewhere between childhood and adulthood, some of us begin to believe that we can do it all without the help of God or without the help of others. I used to love reading a Sesame Street book to my kids, I Can Do It Myself. I can tie my shoes. I can do it myself. I can clean my room. I can do it myself. That's not the way the Christian life is supposed to be lived. It's supposed to be lived with others. It's supposed to be lived with the life with Jesus involved. And so that's one of the reasons why um, I, I've done a lot of reading in my life. And one of my favorite quotes by an author who I don't believe was a believer, uh, Mark Twain. And he said this, I was amazed at how much my father learned between when I was 17 and 25. Because we reach a point in time where we think we know it all, and then as we mature, we begin to realize we don't have all the answers. We don't even know all the questions. Isn't this the case for us? I know it was for me. When I was 17, 18 years old, my dad was an idiot. I knew everything. That's not the case. I began to realize as I grew just how smart my dad was, how stupid I was, and how I needed to grow. To mature into childlike faith, we need to get back to looking to and leaning on Jesus for guidance. We need to use Him and lean on Him for strength for our day-to-day -day needs, both in this world and spiritually. 
And we need to get back to living together as believers. We cannot survive spiritually without one another. I need each of you, and we all need each other if we're going to mature in the childlike faith. That passage goes on, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Children hunger for knowledge. They want to learn. Now, they may not always want to learn what they're learning in school, but they want to learn stuff. They want to gain skills. And that's why between the time when a child begins to speak around two and when they're about ten, they ask the question, why, a million times. Why? Why? After 10, it turns to why not, right? Why can't I do that? Why not? Uh, But from why and why not? Like children, we need to be growing in our knowledge, constantly growing in our knowledge of God. He wants us to learn from him. He's infinite. We can never know all of God in this world. We need to keep learning. His word and prayer are key if we're going to do that. And we need to interact in both with curious minds. So Jesus, help me understand your word. Pray that way. When we, when we read and study, be asking why. Why did you write this? What does this mean? How can I apply it to my life? Sometimes it's okay to ask why not. Why can't I have this? Why don't we have this in, in, in our church or in our lives. God is not offended by that. The Holy Spirit is promised to us, and he's promised to bring us into truth, into all truth. He's gonna, we can trust him to bring us understanding. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, to ask of God who gives generously to all men without reproach. Ask the question. Continue to ask the question throughout all of our lives. When we pray, it should be with open hearts. Praying not in fancy prayer words and King James English, but pray to God and talk to Him, to talk to Jesus like you would to a friend over a cup of coffee or or I've got my Diet Coke back there, over a Diet Coke. Um, Whatever it is, think of it as a term. This is a conversation. I want to get to know Jesus. I don't get to know Jesus by using flowery speech. I get to know him by telling him what's really on my heart. I get to know him by listening to him with my heart as he speaks back to me through his word, through others, and through his Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children, humble enough to know that they need Jesus to enter heaven, humble enough to know that they need Jesus and others to survive spiritually, humble enough to know that they don't know it all and need to grow in their relationship with God. We must become like children to become kingdom owners. And secondly, we need to receive the kingdom of God like children. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now, if you haven't figured it out already, um, there might be a few hints around. Christmas is now 52 days away, right? Okay? Stores, I, I started seeing Christmas decorations before Halloween, early October now, uh, Christmas decorations in stores. Now I want you to think about children. Uh, and when your children receive the gifts that you've given them, 
uh, not the socks and the underwear, but the ones that they really wanted, okay? Uh, and the joy that they experienced receiving those. And what is the children's response when they get the gift that they really want? The first thing they do is they want to tell somebody else. They are excited. Oh, man, I just got the Xbox. I'm going to call all my friends. I'm going to have them come over so they can see it and touch it and play with it. And that's how we should be receiving the kingdom. It should bring such joy into our hearts that we want to tell everybody else, this, oh man, this is the greatest gift I've ever given. You've got to see it. You've got to touch it. Oh, come on, let's, let's play in my kingdom. Receive the gift like children. Becoming a member of and belonging to God's family makes us heirs. It makes us inheritors. It makes us owners of the kingdom of God. Again, that's the greatest gift that can be given. Has it become old hat to us? Are we just taking that for granted? Is it like when you buy a new car and four years later and the wheels are starting to fail and the rust is starting to come through? And Have we treated the kingdom like that? Or do we see it forever new, always great, Have we let cynicism and skepticism keep us from trusting and seeing God and everything that goes on? Or do we stand back knowing that each day God is showing us more and more of what we own, of His kingdom? Are we awestruck by its beauty, by its immensity, by all that He is doing and does? Remember the verse I shared earlier, blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Do we see the beauty in God's creation? Do we see the beauty of nature anymore? Or as we, as older people, quit looking for it, do we just go from point to point focused on where where we're headed and not looking around and seeing the beauty of nature? See, nature has always amazed me. And and one of the things I'm struck by is the awesomeness of trees. And I understand the science of how trees grow big. But they draw nutrients out of the ground and they grow to 85 feet. This is a tree that Becky and I found in uh, Hawaii, uh, uh, on the island of Kauai. And if you look, I'm laying on the one branch there. Uh, That branch is as big around as I am tall. And it stretches straight out sideways for over 100 feet. Now, I couldn't take a steel girder, a 100-foot-long steel girder, and suspend it like that and not have it start to bow down. But God has created this awesome tree. I actually had to go back to a store and buy a rope so I could get up in there because the tree was so big around I couldn't climb it. But God's nature is amazing. And it's out there. It's one of the ways that I uh, stand back and see the awe of God. When you think about trees, I have a bunch of trees in my yard. When the wind blows at 60, 70 miles an hour, they're still there. You look at trees in the mountains, the trees start growing in the mountains and the roots start to break apart the rocks. The hydraulic pressure as the roots grow, break apart the rocks. Yeah, I understand the laws of science and, 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 and around that, but I also know that there's a great genius in Jesus, the creator of all, who put those laws in place. And so when I look at nature, I don't see um, molecules and stuff. I see a creator. Receiving the kingdom of God like children includes developing an attitude and a lifestyle of gratitude and awe of God. Are we in awe 
Do we say, wow, each day as we remember the gift of the kingdom that God has given us? Maturing into childlike faith includes forever giving thanks for all that God is and all that he has done for us. Paul, in his most success, uh, the most successful missionary in the Bible, wrote to the church of Thessalonica in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Want to fulfill God's will? Be thankful. Pray. Thanksgiving is a holiday of gratitude coming up very soon. But can we begin to make every day a day of thanksgiving? Have that childlike attitude? Thank God for his gift of salvation. Thank God for his provision for our day-to-day needs. Thank God for his people. Thank God for his love. Thank God for another day to serve him when you wake up in the morning. At the end of the passage, it says this, Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands upon their heads and blessed them. Jesus wants to bless us. He is waiting to take us in his arms. We need to humble ourselves and come into his presence so that he can. Now, when I was growing up, and I talked to my dad yesterday, I actually told him this yesterday, I loved being in my father's presence. Just being with my dad was enough. If I was sitting down on the couch and he came over and he put his arm around me, around my shoulder, it just warmed my whole heart. It it was just the most comforting, wonderful feelings that I could ever experience on this earth. I did not need anything else at that time. I just needed to be in his presence. I was blessed by him. In maturing into childlike faith, we need times when we simply come and sit at Jesus' feet, not asking for anything, not saying anything, but just enjoying his presence letting his Holy Spirit fill us as we breathe and let him touch us and bless us. Humility, the kingdom's key. It's recognizing he is God and only he can save us. Recognize we, we need him to safely navigate this world. Recognizing there's always more to know about him. It's living a life of gratitude and letting his presence be enough for us. This is how we mature into a childlike faith. Now, as you're thinking about all of these things, we're going to be celebrating communion here uh, right now. Chris is going to come up and steal the mic from me. And uh, what I want you to think about is all of the things that God has done for you, that even just now that you begin that life of gratitude. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.